Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Loners League podcast. This is your host, Wolfman27, and with me is JD. Gigi, how are you doing today, sir? Um, I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this new season and to be the first official guest for the 2021 season. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, for those that don't remember from last season, uh, we talked a long time because we had a lot of fun <laughs> on the podcast. So we'll try and be a little bit more wary of how long we're going for because we have a lot to cover today. But uh, hopefully you forgive us if we go a little bit off tangent. And we do have a lot of, lot of uh, things to talk about. All the Aaron Rodgers uh, situation that went on this summer, it's a big topic that we could talk about like for five days. But yeah, let's keep it is, but I'm a little bit exhausted by it already. <laughs> yeah, I bet but. you are. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm seeing it as a, a third party, not really affected, only in the fantasy sense. Fantasy sense. So yeah, I guess you would. Oh be. yeah, it, it's all I had to deal with the entire off season. It was pretty exhausting, but I'm glad it was. It's been resolved. I expect to have a great season. Don't know if we'll have another one with him in the future after this season, but I'm gonna enjoy this one for what it's worth. But let's update, before we get into the league and everything we have to cover at that, let's just go over a couple of life updates. I know you recently just got married to your girlfriend when we started the league, and yeah. the one that before our first draft, you were building her a desk. Do you still have that desk? Or was it a nice uh, desk? It, it's or, in my uh, mother-in-law's house, in the same room she used to have. We didn't keep it because we had a better one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we saw a better one and that didn't need to be put together. It just came in one solid wooden piece. So that was way better. Uh, but yeah, there's the furniture I built her that day is still there. Um, and I, I've, you, you guys are the only league she remembers. So I'm in like 10 leagues, uh, 10 dynasty leagues at least. And this one with you guys and a couple of redraft leagues, but well, this is the only league she pays attention to because it's the only one I bring up constantly. <laughs> <laughs> She's also, because yeah. you had a family dinner when we were recording last time, didn't you? If I'm remembering correctly. She's like, oh, this is the oh, guy yeah. you talked to that made you late to dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a, an appointment with her. I don't remember what dinner it was exactly. But yeah, we had a dinner thing. And, uh, and I actually scheduled this the, the day before. Uh, another family thing because my sister's also getting married next year and her uh i think her fiance uh organized the like a getting together of the families tomorrow so we're meeting all of his family so yeah it was if we chose to do this uh later it would have uh, gotten into issues with that but yeah the family uh we're all leaving the nest we're all tying knots to other to other people it's exciting yeah. That's exciting. Congratulations to your sister as well as you. And how did the wedding go with the, the pandemic and everything? Did you guys have oh, to have like a smaller gathering or? We, we were kind of on the fence for that, on, uh, with that situation on, for a while. As you know, I'm a, I'm a doctor and uh, I had a lot of issues. <laughs> like uh, I constantly jumped on and off of uh, trying to postpone it and suspend it or whatever. But we had a lull in the in cases around march and april so my wedding was in may and uh, half of the regulations went down vaccination was still uh, like on the rise in my area we're in the in monterey at the northern uh, region of the country uh, so we are kind of close to the us and we a lot a lot of the 
middle class and the high class uh, people started flying to the U.S. to get vaccinated when we uh, kind of fell behind in the public and the national efforts of vaccination over here. So half of the people who were invited to my wedding were actually uh, vaccinated by April. So we decided to go ahead with it. And we kind of got, uh, uh, we had to compromise a little bit, like 50 people couldn't, uh, we had to cut down on 50 guests but, uh, and wear like uh, masks and uh, do a couple of rules, ch rules changes to the event. But mostly it was a normal wedding and it went great. Oh, uh, that's awesome. That way it went awesome. Uh, um, I, two weeks before it happened, I was still a bit nervous that things might go downhill because, you know, this, uh, this pandemic moves fast. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we kind of avoided the third wave that we got with the, with the Delta variant in the, in the months afterwards. So it was you, great. You hit that sweet spot right in the, the yeah. eye of the storm. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically is exactly what happened. We only had a, a slight situation where the lights went out because it was, uh, we were in the middle of a heat wave here. So the, the transformer got uh, overheated, I think. That was the explanation that they gave us. So we had to go to emergency power for like 15 minutes, but it was right at the end of dinner. So people were chatting and we, people still hadn't started dancing or whatever. And uh, most didn't even notice that we were, like that the music stopped playing and well, they, they went to acoustics and we were just uh, like without viable power for a party for like 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> I was sweating it for a little bit <laughs> and then we got everything back and it was perfect. Yeah, there you go. Were you able to have a, a honeymoon at all, or did you have to kind yeah, of Yeah, we went to home? Cabo. Uh, I've never oh, been nice. to Cabo. Uh, it was very, very, very nice. Uh, I now know what the fuss is all about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we spent uh, a week on the beach uh, reading and, and enjoying the all-inclusive packages. And then we went sailing. Uh, we went snorkeling. Yeah. Uh, we actually read a couple NFL books while we were there because. Um, I've listened to this uh, podcast around the NFL uh, and one of the hosts uh, died around February and he was a, a really influential person to, to many NFL fans and international fans because that's one of the ways we get into the, into the game, right? Through, through the content, through the free content that's online. So, so he published like a, a, a book list that he thought was really influential for or really books you shouldn't miss if you were into NFL. So I bought like five of those a couple of weeks before the wedding and we took them to the, to the beach and we read there. It was, it was pretty good, pretty nifty. That's awesome. I'm really happy for you guys that that was able to work out and everything and you were able to celebrate and have the honeymoon and uh, just in time to go back to being in a pandemic round two. But <laughs> yeah, basically, it was it was the best that we could have hoped. But I'm glad that it happened because I feel like you kind of needed that that break from it all before you were thrown right back into the mess again. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the summer was was tough. Um, and I think it's still going to be tough for a little while. But I don't know. People seem to have mentally checked out. I mean, the numbers are worse than the first time around. But people's are, people are just tired, I think. So we, they don't pay attention to the same or they just normalize the deaths. I don't know. Everywhere. I mean, you see. It's tough because we've been going on, what, like a year and a half of this. I mean, even um, people that are taking it seriously, everyone's sick of it. I mean, so yeah. it's like 
like you said, people are just checked out and they're like, we see it everywhere. So I just want it to be done with. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to move on with my life. And uh, hopefully by next year, I know we were saying this last year, but hopefully by next year, it'll be the thing of the <laughs> past because um, we, I also got married, um, but oh, congratulations! we still have the, the big ceremony. <laughs> we had postponed that twice. So what we did was um, our ceremony was supposed to be in July of last year. And rather than have the whole thing, we postponed it to this year. And we just had like our immediate family get together and we still got married on the day we planned. And then um, it was still, like, it was in spring, it probably around-ish the time that you were looking at, but like we didn't have a lot of people on our guest list that were able to get vaccinated. We had a lot of old people and everything still. So we just decided to postpone again. So now we're looking at um, next year for the big ceremony. So we'll be at like two years married by the time we have the big party for it. Well, at least you can you can be sure when you pay for the party and you have the party that it was the right choice. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's the only reason we're still having it is because we already have pretty much paid for the whole thing. So you might as well oh, still God. have yeah. the big ceremony. Otherwise, that money just goes away. So why not yeah, have the party? That's true. I forgot that the same thing happened to us. We were on the hook for most of it already. So. <laughs> Yeah. So then I was Man, like, wow, congratulations. Had, it's like the small wedding was nice. It was fun. It was cheap. It, like it was literally pretty much free. So why didn't we just do that again? But <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of start like realizing how much the, how much the wedding is all about the expectations that the, the people around you have for the event. Right. Or the things that you saw everybody else do. Right. Uh, a couple a couple days before we had, we had our, our actual event, we were still deciding if uh, going a, a bigger on like flower arrangements and stuff. Because I mean, the the tiny details with those uh, situations were they're kind of manageable at the, at the final uh, uh, the final turn of the events, right? So uh, we were discussing things about the flowers and realizing that things were more expensive than we thought they would be. And the, the wedding planner just looks to us and says, How have you thought about renting some extra lighting? I'm like, For what? Yeah, lighting point uh, at the flowers and the vases and the, the other like, parts of the, the room that don't have the natural lighting or whatever. I'm like, No, I've never thought of extra lighting, lady, and I'm not about to pay for it now. I mean, this is an event room. If it doesn't have lighting, then I guess it's going to be dark some places. Yeah. <laughs> I don't about it. And, and we're already at that point between the two of us. It's like now that we're married, it kind of takes a lot of the pressure off where we don't feel we're not going to feel pressured into any of that last second stuff or we don't feel the need to have it be perfect because we're already married. We're just going to go have a fun time with our friends and family. Yeah, that, I think that's the best, uh, the best approach for it. And, I, and like you say, it, it, came, it comes to you after you're already married and you realize that's the, what you actually wanted to accomplish. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like that yeah, was not the necessarily main goal. invite everybody to dinner. It's like, you know, this is just about pleasing us. We don't need to worry about the, all the guests being pleased. I mean, we want them to have a good time too, but that's not what the most important thing is here. Yeah, I completely agree. Anyways, another life news, as most of the league is probably aware of now, um, I moved back to Illinois. Uh, so now I'm back in Bears territory instead of Packers territory. And then completely coincidentally, Fisher moved all the way from Arizona to Illinois and ended up being about 20 minutes away 
from where I live. And this was not planned at all. He had texted me asking me if I knew the area and he was wondering how far away it was from Milwaukee. And I told him, actually, not kidding, we just signed a lease to move to Illinois and it's like 20 to 30 minutes away from the town you're looking to move to. So it's pretty wild. And I was able to help him move. I was incredibly sweaty that day because <laughs> it was like, I don't know, in the 80s or something. And it was even in the, at night that I went to go help him. I know because I held up the draft that day. But um, it was fun. And he is tall. I mean, I'm tall too. But I wasn't expecting him to be that tall for some reason. I think it's just because he's younger. I was just expecting him to be short. But, um, yeah, I can see how he, he does well at basketball. <laughs> well, I, I mean that's exciting. I, we've we've chatted a lot over the off season and during in the in season using the chat, and I think we actually had like a voice chat session last year that lasted like for three hours, half one random night. But it feels like I know you guys, but then I remember that I always uh, refer to you guys through the usernames, right? So right. it's it's it must be exciting to to have a a member of the league that you didn't know before up close. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, I know we all kind of went around given what our real names are too yeah. in the chat recently. So like I'm Dan, you can feel free to call me Dan. So you don't have to refer to me as Wolfman. Uh, <laughs> I might just call you Jorge. So I don't yeah, trip sure. over saying JD Gigi. Cause that's yeah. a lot of go, e noises. Go for Jorge or George. I've, I've been called George half my life because I've always been in American schools. So. Uh, really? Because I've never seen, um, like, when I see it spelled, because I can see it on Zoom here, the way that it's uh, it's spelled with the, the J-O-R-G-E, that always, yeah. to me, is Jorge. Like, I wouldn't Yeah, it's, it, and you, you pronounce it perfectly. It's just that every time, well, most of the time people read Jorge, they're just like, oh, I can't pronounce the J, so I'll just call you George. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Like, I guess that works. <laughs> yeah, Jorge or George. Because yeah, when I think George, I think of the you know, starting with a G where you'd be then a triple G instead of a, a J. <laughs> <laughs> triple G sounds way cooler than my actual username right now. <laughs> triple G. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this is how I was talking about getting uh, off topic earlier. But, oh God, uh, sorry. Yeah. Before yeah, we go yeah. too far um, and before we get into the main topic of the hour, I just wanted to briefly go over the new rules going into the season because we found out recently that we do have new rules. We voted on them at the end of last season and everyone including myself kind of forgot so there wasn't anything too crazy uh, we did add an additional bench spot and an and one additional flex starting spot which is already in effect ah. because we drafted so um that's why the draft lasted so long is because there was an extra two rounds extra two rounds yeah in addition to that uh we you'll see at the top of the league homepage where the matchups are now the league median score so every single week not only will you have your head-to-head matchup, but you'll also be matched up against the league median score. And this is to help prevent those weeks where you're the second highest scoring team and you just so happen to face off against the highest scoring team. Instead of that just being a complete loss for you, you'll at least still have uh, the match against the, leading, the median score so that you'll go one and one on the week instead of 0 oh and one. So the idea is to hopefully help balance it out a little bit more so that you don't get as screwed over by those types of matchups. And um, on the flip side, if you're just scraping by, you had a terrible week, but just lucked into a good matchup, well, you still won't be beating the league median score. So um, just to try and make it a little bit more balanced. And the other rule that's kind of in that same vein 
is the playoff seeding. So there's still six teams making the playoffs, and the first five teams will be determined the exact same way by the best record. But that final sixth seed, instead of just being the best record left, uh, it'll be whoever scored the most points on the season between the remaining seven teams that didn't already make playoffs. So then that way, it also helps hedge against if you had a lot of great weeks but just lucked in or had bad luck into bad matchups, you can still make playoffs by scoring the most points. I'm excited for that rule change and the median one because I think I'm going to need it early on this season. Last season, I was able to scrape by my horrible RB situation using the waivers, and I got really lucky. But I don't think this season is looking <laughs> looking that way just yet. I mean, I might. Uh, it might uh, be easier than I think. But this, uh, I had a rough start with the Etienne going down. Yeah, well, what better uh, segue than that? Let's go into what we asked the league to do over the past week or so. You created a survey so that we can have our first post-draft preseason rankings where everyone all voted on who they thought had the best team and the worst team. Uh, we now have those results in. And let's just start at the bottom and work our way up to the top. And um, Okay, then. At the want, bottom, at the 12th place, we have myself. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And as you were vote. just saying, you can just further elaborate on what you were just talking about a second ago. Okay. Well, uh, I, I had the first round, uh, first overall pick, and I'm starting to think I made a mistake by trading back, uh, trying, uh, trading back to the 10th slot and getting a, a bit of an extra pick. I, don't, I remember if I, I had an extra sixth or I just move up my fourth pick or whatever. But um, in, in, when I did the trade, it felt good. And then uh, everything went downhill. I uh, kind of got rookie happy, uh, a happy trigger finger when it comes to drafting rookies. And uh, my guy, Travis Etienne, he got hurt in his last preseason outing. So uh, let's say it hit me hard in this league and others, especially here because I feel like I reached a little bit to get him and uh, it hurt me. So now yeah. um, I'm starting weak at the, R at the RB spot and that basically landed me at the, at the bottom of the pile. 12 spot. The ETN injury is huge, and I think is the main reason why you fell into the 12 spot overall, um, because running backs went crazy fast. It was like oh, the yeah. first two or three rounds were all running backs pretty much, because so many were already being kept as keepers. So exactly. you were able to keep Zeke, which was great. I mean, you still have him. That's a great start as your number one slot. But then by the time you got to getting your second guy, you got ETN which might have been a little bit of a reach, but it was still decent just considering how they're scarce the running backs were. So yeah. that one injury taking him out now, currently your RB2 is AJ Dillon, who might be okay, but not really who you want to start every single week. Yeah, agreed. That, uh, that RB2 spot's going to be bugging me for a while. The only thing I'm happy about is uh, I'm repeating half of my, my wide receiver corpse from last year. DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson. And I even brought back Odell Beckham Jr. because uh, I seem to not learn from my mistakes. So <laughs> I, think, I, I think he is primed to make a comeback this year. To, he seems to be healthy in practices. And I, pair, I stacked him up with Baker Mayfield, who 
I'm a bit higher on than most people. And I think one of the answers to the survey was I might be a dark horse to getting into the playoffs because I'm the most mysterious team for having chosen Baker Mayfield as my starting QB. The only reason I kind of did that was because I wanted Lance and I actually traded you for it. Uh, I want to trade Lance. I think I see uh, a lot of potential in him. And if he pays out the running, the running uh, capabilities that he has and the end of season schedule might actually push me over the, over the edge in what I need to, to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So then you'd be moving from the, the bigger Odell stack to instead the Trey Lance, George Kittle stack. Yep. Which I think, like, bright silver lining here for you. You really do have a good, solid depth at receiver. Great guys like DK Metcalf and Deontay Johnson at the top. George Kittle, obviously, is one of the top three tight ends you can have. So that's a positional advantage. And uh, Baker will do fine at quarterback. And once Trey Lance takes over with his rushing ability, he could give you an edge at quarterback, too. So you might be able to flip some guy down the line or injuries can always happen where you're able to fill in that RB2 slot each week. And I think you could find a way to sneak into the playoffs. I, I get the, the dark horse pick for you. It just, you're just starting off on the wrong foot with uh, ETN being hurt and no pun intended. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm stumbling uh, by at the moment. And there was only one in, in 11 responses who voted me a dark horse. So I'm hanging on to that <laughs> for, for this, uh, for hope at, this, at the beginning of this season. Well, maybe we can make you feel a little bit better. Let's see who came in 11th so we can uh, talk about another team's weaknesses. Uh, sure. We have uh, at 11, I think we have no sleep tonight. He was, uh, he tied for votes with Aaron and uh, J-Mart for the 11th slot, but uh, those two have more votes in um, for 10th pl- place, so we kind of just uh, slotted no sleep at 11 then. Yeah, so taking a look at no sleep's team here, um, a little bit of the weaknesses, there's just a little bit of question marks. Like guys like Joe Mixon is the RB1 who is not the worst RB1 you can have. However, he has disappointed kind of each and every year. So is this finally the year he can put it together? Maybe, maybe not. And you got Mostert who's injured pretty often and Trey Sermon coming in. And you never know with the 49ers running back roulette who it's going to be. But you could do worse than Mostert as an RB2. And then he's also got DeAndre Swift for some depth, who's also been dealing with injuries. So almost everywhere there's a question mark, except when you get to who his keepers were, which were Stefan Diggs and Darren Waller. Um, both should be very solid for him week in and week out. And mm-hmm. uh, Robert Woods is an RB2, never going to complain about that. And he could be even better with Stafford at uh, QB now. And I personally love Ryan Tannehill, so I'm really happy with that as his QB as well. Yeah, I, I think his, his team is pretty solid. He does have the depth all around. And like you said, he has the, one of the, the top three tight ends right there. So he's, he's pretty, he has a pretty solid team to be slotted at the 11th <laughs> spot overall. But that's just popular vote for you. Yeah, I was surprised that he, he was this late because I feel like he does have a very strong starting roster overall, but there are question marks in that starting roster. And then the depth, there is not a ton of depth. Like guys like Christian Kirk, Quez Watkins, Marquise Brown, Devin Singletary doesn't really excite you. Uh, they're like Agreed. 
kind of the guys that are necessary to be drafted, but not the guys you want to have. So that can kind of put a sour taste in your mouth. And currently he has to have Dallas Goddard in the flex because Will Fuller suspended. So yep. that also isn't ever a pretty situation when you have to flex a tight end. Yeah, well, when Fuller comes back and he starts flexing that, his, his uh, wide receivers in general get way stronger. And he, well, I mean, Fuller is always exciting, right? If he can stay healthy, he is one of the most explosive wide receivers on any team. Well, at and, least when he was paired with uh, Deshaun Watson. And he fits well with the receivers that No Sleep has, too. Like Guys like Diggs and Woods, they're going to be consistent every week. And then Will Fuller, even if he's boom or bust, you already have the consistency with Diggs and Woods that then if Fuller goes off, you're pretty much guaranteed to win that week. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Moving on to number 10. Uh, number 10, we had Aaron T4 or Diego. And uh, what are your thoughts on Diego's team here? We'll start with you this time. He has a solid team starting at, at the running backs. He has Cook and Davis, which are basically uh, unrivaled when it comes to the control they have over their backfields. I think uh, the Falcons actually just uh, released the guy that had a, a, the second, uh, well, below Davis at, in the depth chart. So I, I don't think he's going to get challenged for, for, attempt, for touches anytime soon. Uh, those two are pretty solid at RB. And then we have... Well, he, he has a kind of shaky uh, wide receiver core, at least of the initial rankings. He has Allen Robinson, which is obviously uh, a very strong player. But then Jamar Chase has been having a little bit of uh, the yips and the drops, right? Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't had the best uh, camp reports this year. I mean, the Bengals in general haven't. And so it's hard to kind of rely on him. And he would have to be the wide receiver, too, for Diego's team here. Um, it, for me, I think the key parts are you already hit on. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Allen Robinson, and Josh Allen, I think, are all the cornerstones of this team. Mike Davis is solid. Um, I'm not super excited about the guy, but uh, he is a starting running back. Uh, they did just sign Wayne Gallman in Atlanta. Like, that was recent. I don't think Gallman's going to take over for Davis, but um, he'll have at least some type of competition in that regard. Uh, but it gets really shallow after that. Uh, just having a Jamar Chase is – you kind of have to bank on Chase breaking out at some point. And if that doesn't happen, it could get dark fast for Diego. Um, Nelson Aguilar is maybe a dart throw with the Patriots. Uh, could be a number one guy. They gave him a lot of money. We'll see how yeah, that goes did. with Mac Jones. Uh, Ronald Jones, RB3, not the worst you can do, but it's a similar oh. situation with, like, you don't know how that backfield's going to work. Yeah, and they they started depending a lot on the passing game at the end of the season, and the team's practically the same. So who knows? And they still have Fournette there. Geo's yeah. so I I mean I actually dumped him this week because he he got hurt when I was starting to think he might be my RB too. <laughs> I wonder if um if Diego regrets keeping Bridgewater um, in the tenth. I think that, that was a very 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 weird. Move. I mean, now he has three qu quarterbacks in a in a league where there's still a lot of quarterbacks on the waiver wire. So exactly, because he he took Josh Allen early, even though he kept Bridgewater. Which I mean, that's fine. Josh Allen's great, but yeah. then he doubled down. He took Jalen Hurts, who I think is also a good pick, but that results in him using two other picks on a quarterback, 
and the keeper slot on the quarterback. So I think his depth suffers a lot because of that. And um, yeah, I just is. think he could have a more solid or consistent team. So I wonder if he regrets that decision. I, I mean, his draft tells me that he does since he did pick two other quarterbacks. <laughs> I, I guess we can say that. Maybe Josh Allen fell to him. But, yeah, the Jalen Hurts pick right there is, uh, is weird. Uh, well, yeah, that's, I think that's who he had for, for the 10 slot then. Yeah. So um, let's move on then. We had number nine was Jay Mart coming from California, our West Coast League member who you'd always have to wait until what, like one in the afternoon for him to wake up and draft? Yeah. <laughs> I think I added him recently on, on Instagram and he, he has, I mean, I'm always amazed. He has the most incredible talent for drawing. It's uh, the, the drawings he does are incredible. Yeah, I mean, breathtaking. They're so lifelike. Yeah, for those unaware, uh, J-Mart makes great drawings of different athletes, uh, either football players, baseball players. He's also drawn different models uh, just all by hand. He's shared some of them in the chat, but um, he'd be definitely willing to share with you guys again, and you can follow him on Instagram for that. But, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I struggle so hard with drawing human faces. Like, I, I feel like I'm a pretty good drawer with, like, cartoons, but – just the lifelikeness is that's dude. Difficult. I struggle so hard with my handwriting and stick. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's a isn't that like a, a doctor thing? They always make fun yeah, of like doc, totally doctor, doctor signatures. Trope, which, yeah, I mean, I, I've never been, I've never had pretty handwriting, but it, I think it's really gotten worse. I don't know if it by the end of like a shift or something, we're just so so done with stuff that we scribble whatever. I don't know, but it, it's gotten worse. Uh, that's all I can tell you. It's like uh, it's well, a requirement. If you're going to be a doctor, you have to make sure your handwriting is not legible. <laughs> I guess that's the only thing that tells me I was born into, into this profession, I guess. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, J-Mart's team here. Uh, he's got a pretty sorry. solid overall starting roster. Um, you know, Chris Godwin, CeeDee Lamb, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, Justin Herbert. I think those are all the key pieces. Kyle Pitts is not bad at tight end at all it's just is he going to do anything as rookie year or not but he's, might as he's well an take unknown that right What's I mean, that? people are going crazy over pits but uh he he's he only played like two snaps in the preseason and they were bomb <laughs> they were they were great but i mean we haven't seen much more of him and uh we're all excited because julio jones is not no longer in the team there so he's probably going to get uh, targeted a lot but yeah who knows i don't know uh, Pitts is, is a question mark. I'm st I'd still be nervous as I've drafted him. But uh, I was going to say that the team looks really solid. <laughs> I know I've said this the last two teams. But even his, his bench has, a, has a, a bit of good depth. And he has uh, three good solid running backs. I mean, well, Fernet might not be considered so solid. But at a flex spot, he's great. The, the wide receiver core there is the only question mark is Chark, who seems to be on the outs with his coach. Other than that, it's it's a good team. Yeah, I had a difficult time ranking about second place through tenth place. It was all pretty even for me. So I kind of just almost randomized it. I picked like first glance and like this team looks good. I'll rank them here. It that's how close everything in this league feels to me right now. Yeah. 
yeah, only the, the two extremes are kind of obvious at the moment, at least with the information that we have. But yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. No, yeah, I think all of it is, is pretty good. Godwin with Tom Brady looking like a 45-year-old god is a, well, it's, he's, he's a win. What can we say? I mean, I, I think Godwin might, ha, might compete for the top five uh, wide receivers, this fantasy wide receivers this, uh, this season. He, I will be interested to see how those wide receivers finish um, just because with Godwin, Evans, Antonio Brown, even Gronk, who I don't really care about Gronk, but just there's so many mouths to feed, it's hard to tell. But yeah. Godwin, at least last year, he was pretty good when he was healthy. It was just the injuries that really held him back. Yeah, uh, but I think we both agree. I mean, it's a pretty exciting and solid team. The only, the only hole I see there is, like, Chark. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a solid foundation. Awesome He's got a perfect place to start with and then hopefully can fill in any holes throughout the season and waivers and trades and all that. All right, then we have at number eight, we have our defending champion, Koi's 302. Coming in at number eight, I don't think he's going to be happy about that one. No, he's, he's going to start this, this season with a chip on his shoulder, all right. Uh, another solid team, or at least a solid RB core, Aaron Jones and Henderson. To start, he also has an RB... Kenyon Drake and Sony Michelle, Damian Harris. I mean, he might be the strongest uh, player at RBs overall. And, oh, and we would yeah. be remiss to not mention this, but I guess Coys went into the draft with the strategy, in air quotes, strategy, of drafting <laughs> only players with SEC birthplaces. And so even having that restriction, though, I got to say he's got a pretty balanced team. I, I yeah, think is. this is one, arguably one of the most balanced in the league, Like even if there's not a ton of superstars. It's just solid all around. Julio Jones, Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Aaron Jones, Daryl Henderson, Higby T. at Higgins. tight end, T. Higgins, Damian Harris. I mean, and then Devonta Smith. Um, yeah, with, I mean, it's, it's the, the only thing there, he, he had the unfortunate – uh, choice of drafting Ingram, and then uh, he got hurt again, I think. That's <laughs> the only fall pas he did. And he even has Deshaun Watson in case, uh, by a miracle, he happens to play this season. Yeah, might as well take that flyer. I mean, regardless of what you think about the guy, if you try and remove that from fantasy, I mean, we all start Tyreek Hill anyways, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. No, no, I mean, fantasy is a pretty morally gray. <laughs> morally, yeah. we, we can't really separate the players from what they do i think but in this type of situation you only have disadvantages if you it's, try and keep the only the best behaved players on your team right it's in the name fantasy we can just fantasize that everyone's a good person i agree yeah and then matt stafford at qb um not the superstar but stafford's always been good to great and uh, yeah it's one of the situations i'm most uh, excited about the the NFC West is already a tough division, and it only seems to get better. I mean, Trey Lance with the 49ers and Stafford with the Rams. We might have our own uh, – <laughs> it's like our own private league in that division. It's awesome. Yeah, you being a Seahawks fan, I wouldn't expect you to be excited. If that were my division, I would be upset. We are forged in flames of, uh, <laughs> of tough football games. Yes, yeah, 
I do say there is a sort of pride that comes with that. Like any of the years where the NFC North was like that, I'd be pretty happy about that too. Like, yeah, we're a tough division. I mean, that's not really the case right now. Um, the Vikings might be able to give the Packers a little bit of a run for their money, but the Bears and Lions are not looking hot at all. Yeah, the Bears are – I mean, they drafted a, a very promising rookie, and now they seem to be – I'm so upset about that still. I can't believe the Panthers and Broncos both passed up on Justin Fields. Oh, I I know. I think that I feel like the Broncos could have like thought it to the Super Bowl if they got their their QB situation under control and they just hunted it. (laughs) They kind of did what I did during this draft. It's insane, especially them because they've got a good defense already. They took a cornerback and like, dude, you could have gotten Justin. They they have an awesome offense as well. I mean, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, they have. Jerry Judy and Sutton and oh, yeah. they're, they're loaded. Nothing. They got uh, KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick as their wide receiver three and four. And they're they're completely Unheard loaded. Of. Yeah, I don't know how so their deep. offensive line is, but that could be a good thing. Usually, you only hear about offensive lines if they're really really bad or really good. Oh yeah, well, so that was our Koi has a very eight. good team. <laughs> yeah, I, I again think Coys is low because um, I would put him above. The next team we have here, number seven, which is my own team. Uh, I always feel like going into these seasons, I'm always right in the middle of the pack. And that's mm. why I was kind of joking, saying I'm going to tank. I'm not going to tank, but I am going to try and be, uh, and I said this last season, be more cautious when it comes to trading away good keeper value. I said that last season, and then I just got caught up in myself, and I um, – wanted to just kind of spite Fisher and steal Devontae Adams from him, but that really bit me in the butt because I lost Justin Jefferson as a keeper in that trade. I lost Calvin Ridley as a keeper in that trade. Oh, God. Um, But I think even with that terrible mistake, we've got decent depth here. Uh, I am concerned a little bit about Barkley's health, but it's looking like he could play week one. I really like having Chris Carson as my running back too, and then Kareem Hunt to back them up. And I feel that Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, give me a good starters at wide receiver. Kenny Galladay is, we'll see how that goes with his injury, but I'm very high on Jerry Judy and I'm very happy that you traded him to me after you stole him from me in the draft. Well, I, I mean, I'm high on Judy, but I also got Pittman from you. And Pittman, with the news that Wentz is almost back, I mean, and that Hilton is out with injury, he kind of uh, vaulted up in, in value. So I don't feel that bad about trading him to you. I will say that, yeah, I do agree with you on that. And I, that's, that pathway is kind of the reason I drafted Pittman in the first place. But now that we're getting more of a clear picture, yeah, it's looking pretty good for him too. But I am still excited about Judy, and I'm going to be happy with that pick. You have a great uh, wide receiver core. You have a very solid uh, RBs. Uh, just well, um, Barkley might miss out a little bit of action at the beginning of the season in terms of uh, he might be limited. I think because it was supposedly a kind of a complicated knee injury. Uh, but I mean, uh, other than that, the only question mark I see in your team is Kenny Galladay, and not because I'm doubtful on the player, just because the Giants. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I have I'm no okay with there. that. With him is, and I was a little bit uh, regretful of picking him just because I already have Barkley, and like you said, it's the Giants. I don't really want to have a lot of Giants shares, but um, as my wide receiver three, I'm okay with it. Or 
maybe he'll even be a four or a five, depending on how Judy and Cooks do on the season. And, I mean, um, with with Elijah Moore on your team, he might be the last wide receiver on your <laughs> your depth chart. That too. I mean, that's totally within the realm of possibility. So yeah, I do like my wide receivers. I think my running backs. I have decent depth and. So the reason I'm down on my team isn't because I don't like it. I do like the players I have. I just don't know if it's enough to, you know, kind of push to the top of the league. Well, I, the only thing I can say to that is I think none of us do. I mean, we, we kind of make up the, se- the image of the season of how it's going to go in our heads before it, anything actually happens. But I was listening to the footballers yesterday, and they have a very good point. By the end of week one, we might all be just like really – really confused about what happens <laughs> to yeah. our to the fantasy landscape. I mean, we might have no actual idea of what's going to happen in this oh, league. Not necessarily due to injury, just due to the breaking down of the narratives that we've all been listening to and on podcasts and reading about during the last like six months, right? In all of my leagues, all of my redraft leagues, if I look at the draft from the beginning of the season to how my roster looks at the end, it's completely different between waiver wire transactions and trades and injuries. I'm lucky to have five players that I actually drafted still on my team. Yeah. Yeah. Waiver, the waiver wire is such a big part of, of, of a successful season. I didn't used to think it was because I, I had the bad habit of uh, dumping most of my, <laughs> of my fab budget into like the one, the first uh, couple weeks, uh, superstars that we got in any given season but last season taught me that the waiver wire can can like help you stay afloat for most of the season if, if you play it correctly agreed completely and make sure that you hold on to the right guys at the right times yeah. <laughs> uh, but before we leave my team i do want your opinion on gerald everett as my uh my oh dude, dude i recently he, joined I was, his I was hype looking to, to grab him at the end he was going to be one of my last uh, round picks I know Pete Carroll is always very positive on what he says about players. But, I mean, uh, I've been reading up on Everett, and he has a very uh, top percentile physical profile. He is an incredibly promising player. We have a lot of uh, targets uh, available, and Wilson loves to use the tight end, especially uh, in the red zone. So all of this is looking good for Everett. I mean, he – and Pete Carroll has – has been extremely effusive about him. He's actually said he's the one player he thinks is going to break out on the team this season, putting him over his defensive players that he loves to be, to talk about and putting him over a rookie or uh, Dwayne Eskridge. So, yeah, I think Everett there was a steal, man. I mean, you might just have the best value at tight end right there. And in case he fails, you have Gesicki, which, uh, whose value is also looking up because Tua seems to trust him a lot. So... Who aced the, tia, the, the tight end position in the red? That's, that's what I'm hoping for. This could be all completely different after the first week of the season. Agreed. But <laughs> I, I am, I'm glad to hear you hype him up too, just because I've only recently joined the Everett hype train, but I'm all aboard. I've got a few shares of him in a couple of my leagues, and I'm really, really hoping that he uh, works out for me. Agreed. I have him in a couple of leagues as well. And uh, like I said, you – we, we had a couple of similar targets here. You stole a couple of players from me, and I, I repaid the favor. But, yeah, you, it's, it's a good, it's a good uh, death piece at uh, tight end, definitely. So right. <laughs> let's take a look at our other Seahawks fan. Adam Jeffrey is the one that's going to come in sixth place here. 
And uh, spoiler alert, I actually put him as my dark horse. Um, just looking uh, at his team, I think first glance, you look at it, it doesn't look that threatening. But the more you think about it, he just has his wide receivers, Thielen, Cup, Debo Samuel, Marvin Jones, and uh, running backs, Josh Jacobs, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin. Nothing flashy, but they're all and pretty Melvin decent. Gordon. Oh, yeah, Melvin Gordon, too. And Mike Williams, if you want to throw him in there. But they're all, like, not flashy players, but they're all going to be consistent or good or even have great weeks. And then you have Lamar Jackson and Travis Kelsey, and that could be enough of a difference maker to just steal him a few wins every week. Yeah, I, I was going to say, we, you said we, he doesn't have a lot of flash, but he does. I mean, Lamar, uh, Kelsey, uh, Butker as a kicker. Butker as a kicker is enough to, to drive anybody crazy at the end of a, <laughs> a fantasy match. I mean, Butker alone might get him a wins uh, any, other, any other match. And the Ravens at a defense as well. I mean, he has a solid team, even considering the, the positions we never even we haven't even mentioned in the other teams, which are the defense and the kicker. Yeah, I mean, my thoughts on defense and kicker, I don't include them in ratings, but you are correct. If they're good enough to be a difference maker, you might as well include them. And I mean, and he, he also has Cup, who might with Stafford uh, become a very, uh, very, very flashy player. Yeah. I completely agreed, and um, he did take a risk taking Kelsey with, I think it was fourth overall pick or something like that, with like how shallow running backs were. And I think he was still able to come out okay with running backs. He doesn't have any of the superstars, but he does have starters. So that's really all you can ask for at, at running I back. Act he, he actually rejected a trade from me this morning. I uh, I was up at night yesterday in my in my shift, and I was uh, in between patients, and I started to to look for targets I could I could trade for at RB, and I was uh, aiming for Gordon, right? So I tried to appeal to the homer in in AD, in Jeffrey's, uh, well, to to the Seahawks homer in him, and uh, offer him Dwayne Eskridge, <laughs> and I don't know who else. I think Dwayne Eskridge and Michael Carter to see if he gave me Gordon, and he didn't bite. So, and I didn't even get a counter. So I think uh, I might have uh, Fisher Sports that situation. Or <laughs> wasn't, that wasn't the worst offer. I mean, I think if you were to have done that earlier before we've gotten all this news from the Jets of how they're going to be a committee backfield for at least a while, uh, like you could have caught him on the Carter hype of him possibly being a starting running back. But possibly, yeah. I've definitely seen worse offers than that. But yeah, Adam he, Jeffrey coming in at six, I mean, that just shows you how strong the rest of the league is. Yep. Agreed. Um, number five here, Jambrosa. I, I really like Jambrosa's team a lot. Oh, yeah. Talk about Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, just he ate up all of the wide receiver value from everyone else picking running backs in the first couple rounds. He had Dude, the luxury Amari of being Cooper able to do there that. As well. Yeah, I know. He got him even later. And he was able to still get – oh, he got Hawkinson from you as a keeper, which yep. I like that too. He switched from having uh, Allen Robinson as a keeper to having Hawkinson. And the way his receivers turned out from the draft, I think that was worth it. Yeah, Hawkinson was a, had a, a very good value at keeper. Uh, I just I had good keepers at the end of last season. I had Deontay Johnson and Metcalf and Elliott and Hawkinson. I did, I really struggled with that up until the the deadline. 
So the couple of days before he offered me Allen Robinson and uh, well different uh, package, uh, packages of players for for Hawkins. And at the end, I, I used it to think uh, to move up a couple of sp- uh, slots in the draft. But uh, yeah, I think Hawkinson as the main target for receptions on the on the Lions offense might be might be a very good steal right there. Yeah, the only really real weakness I can see is the running back depth, which is going to be a problem just for every team. But because yeah. um, Javante Williams is running back too. It could definitely be worse than that. And I do like Javante Williams, but it's just going to be kind of a question mark. Like, is it going to be him? Is it going to be Gordon? Is it going to be both? That you don't really know what you'll get from him week to week. And then behind that, I think his only other running back is Malcolm Brown. So that could be his biggest concern, but he has so much firepower everywhere else that I'm Yeah, De- Devontae Adams and Hopkins might put him over the, the medium by, them, by themselves any other week. I mean, Adams, as you know, and as you probably share the feeling, is, is, in, is an incredible player, but is also an incredible fantasy asset. Even last season when he was hurt uh, for a couple games, the rest of the season he was just a, a plug-and-play uh, boom every well, week. <laughs> he was still the wide receiver one overall in fantasy, even having missed multiple games. I think that's just insane. Yeah, it is. It, and not necessarily only because he, he had a ton of receptions. I mean, not only in PPR. He got a ton of touchdowns as well. Oh, because that's just – if Aaron Rodgers has a favorite receiver, they will get a lot of touchdowns. I mean, we've seen it in the past with Jordy, with James Jones. <laughs> just anyone that Rodgers likes to throw to, he's going to make sure they score. Uh, talking uh, – one last comment about his RBs there. Both Gibson and Williams are being talked as or compared to Kamara in their own ways. Gibson has been called Camaro light in like most of the research I've been doing in the last uh, months. And Williams in had by Teddy Bridgewater, I think the comment was made last week that uh, he looks like a younger version of Camaro, like the Camaro Bridgewater had the, the privilege of playing with a couple of seasons back. So that's pretty high praise. And uh, he has flashed everywhere. I mean, yeah, most of the things that you can find online are, are uh, highlights, right? But even watching the, the preseason game where they steamrolled the Hawks, the first preseason game, which had me nervous for, <laughs> for our uh, possible results, this, this, our inner standings this uh, season. But yeah, he looked awesome. I mean, even if he is a, a rookie, and I'm pretty high on rookies, as you know, but I think it's a, it's a bet I would have taken as well. I agree, and uh, Jambrosa did reach just a little bit for him, but he kind of had to just because of how limited we were at running back, and he needed to make sure he got his guy, and he got a second starting running back. So I was totally fine with the pick and ended up having a great team overall. That'll lock him in as our number five spot. And then number four, we have our uh, reigning runner-up, second place from last year, J.M. Pincus comes in Pinkus. at number four overall. And uh, I really like his team, too. I'm going to say Agreed. that probably for everyone's team going forward. Um, <laughs> I, um, I kind of made my own Excel document where I would, um, based on the guys I like and the tiers I felt they were in, I had different colors. Let me just say the majority of the starting lineup is colored green, which is good. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Aaron Rodgers, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Andrews, and Robbie Anderson, all guys I like, and Trey Sermon as well. Yeah, and to mention again the, the kickers and the, and the defenses, another example of a, a great team in those extra slots that we don't necessarily mention. Having the, the Tampa Bay defense and having Young Hoku on, a, on an offense, we don't really know what's, uh, what it's going to do, but he was super, super accurate last season. And uh, I think he's being one of the highest targeted kickers everywhere as well. And he has Trey Sermon on the bench and Carlos Hyde. So there's good depth there. His wide receiver depth is, uh, well, I mean, his bench is basically empty there. Jamison Crowder and Pringle, I, those are dart throws. And before I forget, he did get Michael Thomas too later. So I know oh. Thomas will be out for like, I don't know what's at least six weeks. But for the playoff push of the second half of the season, you add him with the rest of that team, that's going to be insane. And some teams' keeper values are off the charts too between Michael yeah. Thomas. He grabbed Cam Akers late. He still has Justin Jefferson from last year. He still has the option to keep Jonathan Taylor or any of his running back. I mean, he's just got for a good some team reason, For some reason, uh, his, uh, both Akers and Thomas are not showing on my screen right now. Um, it might be because they're on the IR slots for oh, him. Right, right, yeah. But, yeah, uh, that's why yeah. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that, too, because uh, Thomas will for sure give him even more firepower later in the season. Yeah, that's a, that's a situation I'm really curious about. I mean, he totally mishandled his injury situation, and it wasn't a new injury. He knew about it for last season, and he's being a bit of a diva. So I really don't know if I expect him to come back and be something of a, something of an asset at the end of the season. I mean, all those situations, we can normally separate them from fantasy and from production, right? And the, and the team does need him. So he's probably going to be all right. But I had him in the leagues and I tried to trade him away because I just don't trust. <laughs> I just don't trust Michael Thomas. And even then, for J.M. Pinkus, if he's just a solid flex, it's a win for his team. Agreed. So. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> Like he doesn't need him to come in and save his wide receivers because he has the the depth at wide receiver. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, enough said about J.M. Pincus. He could also be a very good dark horse pick, but I don't know if anyone's really underestimating him. I don't think he'd he'd have to be a dark horse exactly. Like you said, he's not underestimated. I think he's just uh, one of the uh, teams you consider are making the playoffs off the bat. Yeah, and uh, our next couple are going to be interesting. Um, for number three, we have Sibley the best, and this may be a, have been a different result if we started pulling everyone a couple, well, even today, uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, he had J.K. Dobbins. He no longer has J.K. Dobbins. So because he doesn't have J.K. Dobbins, he just recently traded with Fonette, and uh, he sent away Tyreek Hill and in return got Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, James Robinson. So he tried to shore up his running back depth a little bit there by sacrificing the star power at wide receiver. So overall, I still think he has a pretty solid team, but he did take a couple of blows there. So I don't know if he would still rank as the third overall team if we were to pull everyone again. Uh, agreed. Uh, I, I actually... When, when did this trade go down? It went down today, right? I think it was this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I hadn't seen that. I, I mean, I, I checked his, his roster yesterday. I was kind of late to the survey thing. And, uh, I mean, he has Wilson, 
which is, as I proved last season, I mean, he's quite the value at QB. And I love the player, love the fantasy asset he is. Derrick Henry and Eckler, those two might lead the, 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 the league as running backs in, re, in real life, just in two different ways, one in, in yards and the other in receptions. So those two are great. Even, and now he has James Robinson. I mean, it's an incredibly solid roster. He, I don't think I need to, to say it, but he has, even, even at his bench, I mean, his weakest player on the bench is Diami Brown, and he's a, an explosive rookie. So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, the way his team is set up, it's all built around the running back. Eckler, Derrick Henry, James Robinson, they're going to be the core of the team with Russell Wilson. And then he has decent wide receivers now. Like, no one that's going to be terrible, but no one that's going to be amazing either. Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, and then a lot of dart throws that could pay off big later on, like Darnell Mooney, uh, Gabriel Davis, Diami Brown even. Any of them could break out later on in the season, and then maybe he does have more firepower at that slot. It's, it's uh, I mean, a, a top three roster for a reason. Yeah, so he did suffer a couple blows there, but um, I think he'll still be okay heading into the season. And uh, – it kind of worked out perfectly that he and our number two team, Fonet, were ranked side by side after that trade because now Fonet's team is very front loaded. He has a lot of very strong players, but I feel that his depth is not as great. So hopefully he avoids injury. But Kyler Murray, Tyree Kill, Brandon Ayuk, Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Noah Fant, even Antonio Brown. I mean, he's got some hard hitters here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he has Brian Edwards as well, which is uh, making a bit of an impact in the in this year's uh, training camp. So he has a lot of hype around him as well. And I think the only thing I'm not really comfortable with him is, with is on his team is the tight end spot. They Noah Fant, I mean, as a player, is great, but in his offense, he hasn't really been used in a fantasy productive way in the last uh, well since he joined the league, basically. He has, he's got a, a couple games, I think, where he, he's in the top 12, but he's not necessarily anything other than a, a potential piece right there. Yeah, and he did also pick up recently Tyler Conklin on the Vikings because Irv Smith is injured, um, but the Vikings also picked up Herndon. So it's, I don't know if that'll really do anything for his team. And other than that, his bench is really a bunch of handcuffs. He's got both Latavius Murray and Tony Jones for Alvin Kamara, and he also picked up Chuba Hubbard, who would be the handcuff to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if anything happens to McCaffrey, Fournette takes, takes the championship. <laughs> oh, easily, yeah, without a doubt. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically a lock. <laughs> and we should mention Marquez Callaway, too, because he has been getting a lot of hype by the fantasy community and – by the Saints, uh, he could be their number one receiver with Thomas gone for the first half of the season. And uh, Jameis Winston, we know he likes to throw the ball deep. He had a couple of exciting throws to Callaway during the preseason. So who knows? That could be another big piece for him going forward. I listened to a ton of uh, fantasy podcasts. And this morning, uh, I was listening to Mina Kimes on the Athletic uh, Football Show. And uh, they were talking about James Winston and how his uh, – depth of target was the highest in the league by over a yard. So they were actually talking about Marquise Callaway and they were saying how, I mean, 
it would he that that connection might be incredibly strong. And yeah, he is an undrafted player who is I mean, he's being hyped right now, but he looks so good in that last preseason game. And Winston has been looking good as well. I mean, very, very efficient and, and still has the, the strong arm and he looks a little bit more accurate than he used to be. So that might be dangerous. I mean, that 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 man as a flex, Callaway as a flex, uh, well, he, he might win tournaments. That's all I'm thinking. And Jamal Williams, too. I mean, he's not that bad to have as a guy you can throw in a flex or to fill in it running back during a bye week. Um, I mean, he was good on the Packers. And who knows with DeAndre Swift if he's hurt longer than anticipated or if the Lions just decide to not use him like they kind of did last year. Um, Jamal Williams could end up having some decent value to just throw in every week. Yeah, so um, I think that's everyone, right? Uh, no, uh, we're still missing. Somebody, but I, I get why you're uh, hesitating. Yeah, of course. I had to try and sneak past that one. Um, our number one spot goes to Fisher Sports. And um, I'm sure no one is surprised because he's been saying he'll be the best team pretty much ever since the draft started. And it's really hard to pit an argument against that. Um, looking at his team, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Christian McCaffrey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Chase Claypool, and of course, with the Dobbins injury, of course, Fisher's the one that has Gus Edwards, and then Robert Tanyan is pretty decent at tight end. Corey Davis has looked good in the preseason, so having a team that's that strong, of course, the guys he's going to offer you in a trade are David Johnson and James Conner. Well, yeah, I, I got a couple of trade offers from him this, uh, I think, this morning. And uh, he was trying to get both Odell Beckham Jr. and Deontay Johnson for the same combo that he offered apparently half the league. <laughs> yeah, it's always the same offer to everyone. He's like, oh, I have a really great starting roster. Let me trade my bad bench pieces to try and get other people's good starting pieces and just see if anyone bites. <laughs> it's just so infuriating. But um, it's worked for him. And uh, he's definitely got a really good starting point right here. And I know he knows it. Yeah, yeah, he of course, of course he knows it, and he played the he he drafted real. I mean, he traded for for good draft picks and good keepers. Um, I have nothing bad to say about this team. Like you said, it's it's a little bit front loaded. He does have a, uh, some depth. I mean, at, at running back, he does have some depth. I I don't think he needs it if if his players avoid uh, injury. But I mean, it looks like a tough team to beat. And it's going to be. And he'll make sure we know how tough it is to beat, too. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can say is I hope he avoids injury because that's the only way he might uh, – I mean, that, that's the only way I think we could, like, stand him winning, right? I mean, if, if anyone on his team gets injured and he still beats our asses as soundly as it looks like he's going to <laughs> – or just hoping that multiple of his good players just happen to have off weeks or something like that, you know, running into a bad matchup. It can happen any week. You just got to cross your fingers that everything then, goes your way. Even then, I mean, this team is built to use our new rule, the, the median, the, the league median rule, because I don't think he's going to leave a week without having, I mean, I don't think he's going to leave a week without having at least one victory. Yeah, it would have to go really, really poorly for him. To, yeah. um, to do that so 
I, yeah, I'm not surprised that he had the most votes out of any position, like people voting on last place. You weren't even as unanimous as Fisher was for being the number one team. So mm -hmm. that seemed to be the most consensus pick we had out of everyone. But that's going to complete our rankings, our first rankings that we had of the year. So it only took an hour. <laughs> it only took an hour, but uh, and we're still not done. We had a couple questions afterwards that uh, are going to have similar answers to what we just had, to be honest. Um, because the first one was, who do we think is a lock to make the playoffs? You did add the caveat to avoid naming your own team. Yeah. But we still had, what, one, two, three, four. four at least four people Fisher. said Fisher, yeah. Yeah, and then the rest went for Fonet and, and Sibley. So they're all there. <laughs> yeah, and I did say – I did actually mention Jambrosa myself. I wanted to uh, just – I said Fisher, but then I said given more interesting answer would be Jambrosa. But I'll also mm -hmm. add J.M. Pincus. I think Pincus is also a pretty good lock for playoffs. Uh, like you were saying before, anything from half the rankings and up is a, is a possible – I mean, they look really, really good. All the rosters are solid. They're all, in my mind, locks to making the playoffs. The, the bottom half of the, of the league is going to need some luck or some good waiver wire action to get, uh, to get with this crew. And uh, some of those that could take advantage of that would be our potential dark horses. We had someone respond nice. with Jay. We had at least two people respond with Jay Mart. Um, yep. Like I mentioned earlier, Adam Jeffrey would be my dark horse. And um, uh, J-Mart was actually one of mine. Yeah, I, I answered J-Mart this morning. Because uh, he does, I mean, he looks good. He just needs a couple of things to go his way and he'll get there. We had a couple of Sibley the best, which fits his team more now after the Dobbins injury. Uh, now he would be a little bit more of an underdog. And uh, mm -hmm. there was a mention of uh, Diego of uh, no sleep tonight we had a couple of mentions and um a couple of jam as well for my team <laughs> yeah yeah the one mentioned here was the jam based on the draft and projected scoring but jdgg is the most mysterious based on his decision to draft mayfield lol oh, burn, burn. <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking it as a uh, uh, mention in good faith I am officially that person's uh, dark horse. <laughs> now you can take up the moniker of dark horse and uh, proceed to make your way all the way to the championship and beat Fisher. Yeah, we're going to have to do that, I guess. Now we had another almost unanimous answer here for which team would you rather avoid meeting in a match you need to win to make the playoffs? We had a lot of Fisher sports answers here. Yep. Uh, I even added... To mine i did say fisher and i said i don't want to hear him taunt me endlessly should things not go my way in that matchup mm -hmm. um we did have a phone net mention we had a sibley and jambrosa and adam jeffrey and coys mentioned as well but fisher was the one that was answered the most here yeah, i think half the league is going to be all about uh, taking him down right trying to to maximize our possibilities of getting him uh, at least to not go, uh, you, uh, how would you say, undefeated. <laughs> yeah, that's the impression I'm getting just based off of these survey results. And um, yeah. that, to wrap it up, you asked everyone to add a song, to, and you created a Spotify playlist with all the songs yeah. everyone suggested that's still pinned in our league chat that people can go check out. 
it's definitely an interesting mix we got going there. Yeah, it's it's really weird, really disjointed. We even got some kids songs there. Uh, a story about dinosaur album. Yeah, the Stegosaurus uh, song was really good. I listened to it in the shower today, and it, it's a bop. <laughs> but Where, uh, who put songs um, I haven't added there, but uh, I'm gonna add them later tonight, I think. Who put the Earth, Wind, and Fire September? Because I felt that that was the best opener to the playlist too. Oh, dude, that was me. I was listening to that uh, last night. It's it's one of my uh, let's say hype songs. Whenever I'm feeling like done with the day, I, it, it turns it it really flips the switch with me. Oh, I really appreciate it. I was jamming out to it while I was trying to get everything set up to record, and um, it also just fits thematically because you know what? It is September now, and football's back. It is. It is. I, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe <laughs> that's why I ran into the song. But yeah. yeah it's, so it's the perfect opener to the playlist too. So I want to give you props for that. But we are, as you mentioned, over an hour of our review here. Any final thoughts before we part tonight? Uh, yeah, I just want to. I'm thankful for being in a league full of, uh, of great people. I'm really thankful for meeting most of you over the last uh, couple seasons. And you are part of maybe the best league I'm part of. And there's virtually no stakes. So <laughs> it's refreshing. Uh, that's. And I'm, I'm thankful for you to putting it together. That's all. Thanks. I'm thankful for you and everyone else in the league joining the podcast every week so that we can uh, keep that entertainment going. And it's definitely the most active league I've ever been in. I still can't believe it exists. It's, <laughs> so it's cool. Thanks to everyone for our third year running and looking forward to the season. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck this season, man. All right, man, you have a good night. It's been a pleasure as always, and we'll probably get you on a little bit later in the season too. And maybe you can update us on your team making a full turnaround. Uh, yeah, or, you know, just uh, join your ranking the other good teams in this league. We'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll <laughs> but, see how it goes. Uh, yeah. All right, you have a good night, and I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later, man, same.